for uh, the ability to be here in this place with you tonight, Lord. We pray, Jesus. Oh, come on, sing it out. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. But I need you to call on him tonight. Say, oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. Oh rock, oh rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. On your right now with you, Lord, and truly stand, Lord, on what is your faithfulness, Jesus. As you heard your children then and children now, you are this, come on, you are, you are the same God, you've answered prayers back then, in you, hey, you are the same the same God. Come on. You were providing that. Come on. You provide. That's right. You are the same. Come on. Yes, he is.
plenty in this room, Jesus. But the voice is stronger than that of the enemy, Jesus. So tonight, Lord, we call on your name because you are faithful, Jesus. Let us stand on that promise, Lord, that you won't leave us and that you won't forsake us. That is your faithfulness to us, Jesus. Church, sing this out. He frees us. You freed your captives then. You free hearts right now. You are the same God. Sing it. You are. You touched the lepers then. I feel your touch right now. You are the same God. You are the same
you by name and he took the cross and he paid it for you and for me and that line in this song says one miraculous breath and we're forever changed that's my story that's your story and so today with no shame unashamedly 
we can sing and say, even though it sounds kind of weird, and we say, all hail King Jesus because of what he has done for you, what he has done for me. I say, all hail. Can we sing that again? Say, all hail Jesus. He's been faithful. surrender tonight and forevermore Lord forevermore we surrender to you Lord we say all hail nothing is above you all hail all exclamation point Lord underline 36 font Lord all hail King Jesus Lord nothing is above you Lord all hail King Jesus Lord thank you Lord for comforting us in this time of worship Lord that we can look back Lord and see your faithful faithfulness lord just written all over the pages of my life and the lives of so many represented here lord tonight thank you jesus tonight we say lord all hail king jesus lord for now from now till forevermore lord all hail king jesus lord minister to our hearts tonight lord that you would prepare the ground thank you for preparing the ground in our time of worship lord to receive your word tonight lord thank you jesus that we're able to exhale your praise, Lord, because of your grace. And we breathe in your grace as we exhale the praises here tonight, Lord. In your name we pray, amen and amen. He deserves it all, amen, church? God is so good. Hey, church, as we're still standing, why don't you turn to your neighbor and let them know how excited you are to be here tonight, yes. Good evening, my family. Amen. You know, thank you to Sister Debbie Tate for bringing that beautiful uh, reading this, uh, this evening, right? Beginning our service off with reminding us about the true joy of this season, right? That it would be instilled in our hearts. Thank you, Sister Debbie, for, you know what? I, 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 I want to take just a quick second, Chris, and recognize Sister Debbie Tate. Can we, can we give her a, a, a round of applause and say thank you? She... She coordinates and puts it all together when it comes to our Advent and our readings and our devotionals. And we want to thank her for her hard work in that every season. She's been so, so faithful. What's up, Chris? How you doing, my brother? My family, my name is Michael Romero, your worship and arts pastor here at New Beginnings. It is my joy and my privilege to be with you tonight. 
again, even though even though you guys can't hear me on this one, my name is Chris Camarasa. I serve anywhere this guy needs me, and uh, pastor says go over there. You know, so I just go. Amen. Thank you for that, Chris. Thank you for your faithfulness as well. Amen. So, church, you know, a few things that I wanted to to remind you of. I know we've been talking about some Christmas stuff. Uh, church, look. It's so important, you know, what we just sang about, all hail King Jesus, you know, the, the, the readings, all of this. Church, we're just about to head into the week of Christmas. We're not too far away. And, um, man, I'm just excited about what's going on this weekend. It's really going to touch down this weekend um, with our Christmas events. This weekend is jam-packed with Christmas events into leading into next week. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Look, let's start off with Friday, Chris. Amen. Uh, Friday is our uh, Christmas social, and I want to invite every single one of you of our Christmas social. Tell us what's going on in our Christmas social, Chris. Guys, at Christmas social, this is a once-in-a-year event that our church hosts, and Amen. we have a spoil of a jazz band that comes through, and it's just a very nice atmosphere. We get to fellowship. We get to meet one another. We get to say hi to those faces that... Uh, you just didn't get a chance to say what's up, right. you know, and I think it's going to be very, very impactful, especially in a holiday season mm-hmm. where family is much needed around these days, you know, and your daughter's playing the saxophone. She is. Kristen will be on the sax. She's multi-talented, with the, man. With the jazz band. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's a pretty cool chick, man. She's pretty cool. Yeah. She's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You know, there's going to be 25 students that we're supporting in the music program with Volcano Vista High School, and uh, we're going to be supporting them, so we want to make sure that each one of you comes out because, you know, Wednesday night, maybe you don't know who comes to second service on Sunday mornings or maybe you come to second service on Sunday mornings and you don't know who's in first and those kind of things, you know. But, hey, it's a great time to get to know the family when, you know, That's right. uh, the, the, if you will, the stresses or the pressure of walking into, let's be honest, right? Walking into a church service, you're like, oh, let's, we're coming to church. Settle down, Chris. We're coming into church. Sorry. You know, those are the true pressures and stresses that you and I go through with the family and those kind of things. Oh, no, guess what? That night, dude, just relax. That's a night where you and I can just come in and relax and just enjoy the company, get to know people. It's like, hey, you go to first service? Yeah, I go to, dude, you know, I've been meeting people left and right, Chris, that work together, literally work together every single day, and they don't know that they both come to New Beginnings Church. Interesting. That's they sit right next to each other all the time. They're like, yeah, I went to church. Cool. Yeah, my, my pastor talked about the same thing. No way. So, hey, wait a second. Yeah, That's literally on. story after story that, we're he- that we hear. That's and those are the times that you and I can get together like on a Friday night, come have some cookies, some brownies. Um, hopefully we can sneak in some bizcochitos there, uh, hot chocolate, coffee, a jazz band, and just relax and Amen. get to know one another. So I want to invite you, and I want, it, I want you to invite at least one or two other people in your life to come in and say, look, hey, this is a cool spot, man. We're just going to relax. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. I want to do that. Hey, that leads us into the next uh, big event that we have is Sunday night, right? Uh, of course, we have our, our Sunday morning service. And then Sunday night, I really want to talk to you guys about our Christmas special, right? Our Christmas program. That's going to be an amazing time as well. Uh, Chris, there's the, we, we were talking about the, the, the next generation, uh, and they're going to be up here as well, right? Um, today's church, tomorrow's leaders. We call those the kids department. Straight right? up. At NB Kids. Straight today's up. church, tomorrow's Straight leaders. Up. And church, they're going to be performing and, and, and they're going to be leading us more than anything else. 
because the Bible tells us, oh, man, we, we have to be like kids all over again, right, man? We have to be like kids. I don't know about you, but I pray all the time, Lord, make my heart like, like, like a baby's all over again. Sometimes it gets callous, sometimes it gets... But, man, to be like them, it's going to be an amazing time on Sunday night, Chris. Amen. That's right. And you know what, guys? That moment where you just see those kids who are pouring themselves out to just, to just do one night where we can just come together as a family and enjoy this Christmas story right. together. I think it's something amazing to see. But, you know, that's going to be at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Sunday night. 6 yeah. Sunday. It's going to be just an amazing time. Special guest worship leaders. We're going to have... Some beautiful just stories of, you and I are used to hearing the story of Christmas is Mary and Joseph and hearing those characters that you and I know, right? The manger, the three wise men and Zechariah and Elizabeth. And, but church, we're, we're not going to be focusing just on that. We want to say, hey, why Christmas? And celebrating, truly celebrating why he came. Right. For many of us, a lot of first Christmas happened when the Lord delivered us. And so, church, I want to focus on that. So Sunday night, if you want that message of hope, you want that message of grace, of love, of true freedom as to why the king was born. Come Sunday night at 6 p.m. The kids are going to help us out. The worship team. Uh, we have some actors that are going to be here as well as some guest worship leaders. And so, church, we want to invite you. Again, that's an open invite because it's open to everybody. I, today, I was meeting with Chris, and I said, Chris, who's invited to the Christmas program? And He, he got me. I was, and he goes, is this uh, a trick question? Church? I said, no, who's invited? <laughs> he said, everyone. I said, okay, everyone means everyone. everyone. <laughs> it, we're not exclusive here, man. We don't have a club card to get in through the front door. Everyone is invited. So, again... Sunday night, I want you to invite somebody that needs that message of hope, grace, love, and freedom, and joy that comes with this Advent season. Amen? Amen. So grab somebody with that. And then, church, don't forget the rest of the stuff that we have going on all the time, like this Saturday, our men's breakfast and food distribution for Christmas baskets. That's right. That's a big deal. Still time to sign up for one, and still time to sponsor a family if you'd like to do that. And if you need one, still time for that. There's a QR code that's behind me if you want to sponsor, or you can go on the NBC ABQ app and sign up to, to register to, to receive one as well if you need a little bit of a hand up this year. No shame in that. We love you. We want to help you out in that. Amen. Or if you know somebody that needs one, contact the front office, and, and we'll try to get them one. It's, it, hopefully we can, I don't know how long that list is yet, but we're going to try to fulfill every single one that comes in if we can do it. Amen, church. And then Amen. our Christmas Eve service. Are we having Christmas Eve service this year, Chris? Christmas Eve service. Yeah, that's the 24th, mm. and this year it lands on a Sunday. Sunday. Yes. yes. Short answer is yes. And regular times, 9 and 11. So we want to see you. So church, always do that. And of course, always, always download the NBC ABQ app. Amen. And guys, guys, that same app is where you find a lot of things that are happening in the church that you can just be a tap away and get information on it. Sign up for it. Volunteer. There's so many things, but especially whenever you open the app, there's always that heart that's at the bottom right corner to give. And there's a lot of times where I'm like, where's a tithe and offering 
location at because I used to only give physically, but now I'm able to give digitally, and it's so much easier, y'all. It's so much easier. And so I would take advantage of that because it's thanks be to God that we're able to give. We don't have to give, but we get to give, and that is a blessing in and of itself. So uh, other than that, we just want to go ahead and uh, welcome Pastor Richard up to the stage. Thank you, church, for your obedience and the tithe. We welcome our senior pastor. Amen, 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 and thank you, gentlemen, very, very much. Uh, it's going to be a great time, uh, and, and really what Pastor Mike and Chris were saying, if you guys need a basket, uh, don't let your pride keep you from asking for one. Uh, we still have some available, so if you need one or you uh, have a family member that needs one, they're going to be getting a, a ham. They get a, a big old seven-pound chicken. I go, man, that's a big chicken, man. It's like the Incredible Hulk chicken. You know, it's like, it doesn't go walk, walk. It goes walk. You know, <laughs> I just thought, man, that's a big old chicken. But anyway, guys, so that's available. And, uh, and, and for all of you that are 55 and older, this Friday, we have the Senior Ambassadors Gathering. And that's going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. And uh, it's going to be a fun time. So I encourage you to come out to that. Just a lot of things happening. For the social, invite a friend. Say, hey, we're having a jazz band at our church. Great time to go have dessert. So, you know, introduce them to the church. Tell them, look, this is where you used to come dancing, and now you can dance in the spirit here, not in the flesh anymore. But uh, because for those of you who don't know, this used to be a nightclub, and now it's a light club, baby. The light of Jesus shines here. Amen. For all of you at home, we hope you'll make it to one of the events this weekend and, and, and just start coming back. For those of you fighting COVID, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And, uh, and guys, uh, but tonight, I, I, I'm, I started a series last week called Deepening Your Walk. And it's really important to deepen our walk with God. And a lot of people are, they, they take their walk with Jesus like just a segment of their life. Like, uh, okay, I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I have Jesus here. And no, Jesus is the whole, the whole enchilada, the whole thing. He's everything. And, and he teaches us how to live. And he teaches us how to be able to put others first and to really be a cut above everyone so that people will see your life and go, man, there's something about you that you are so different. You are so different. You, you've got to be one of those people they call a Christian. I bet you go to church, huh? And you, you really shine the light of Jesus. I hope that you get accused of being a Christian, and I hope they find enough evidence to convict you of it. Amen? That you could really be that light. And tonight I want to look at an Old Testament passage, and we looked at the life of Abram, and he later becomes Abraham, but he's still known as Abram here, and it's in chapter 13 of Genesis. And we saw last week that he went to a place not knowing where he was going. It's really important to realize when God called you to go someplace that you, you, you're going someplace not knowing where you're going. He said, we'll know when we get there. That's, that's like, 
Wow, that takes a lot of faith. And God calls us on a faith walk. He's calling us to places where we don't know where we're going, but you know what? The ride getting there is a blast. <laughs> it's amazing. And so in Genesis 13, we're going to read the first uh, 18 verses. And it says, So Abram left Egypt and traveled north to the Negev along with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. Abraham was, or Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. From the Negev, they continued traveling by stages toward uh, Bethel, and they pitched their tents between Bethel and Ai, where they had camped before. Now, this was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord again. So they've already been in some of this territory, and they even see the altar, and, and they went ahead and worshiped again. And it says, Lot, who's traveling with Abram, and that's his nephew, okay? Lot, who's traveling with Abram, had also become very wealthy with flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle and many tents. So the many tents represents he also has a lot of servants that are serving him and his tribe, and they even increased, okay? But the land could not support both Abram and Lot and all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At this time, the Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land. And finally, Abram said to Lot, There's not, uh, let's not allow this conflict to come between us or our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take, may, uh, take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. He says, if you want the land to the left, I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land on the right, I'll take the land on the left. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor, and the whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them and went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord like they do in Albuquerque. Oh, I'm sorry, it, it didn't say that, but it applies, right? After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west, for I am giving you all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. 
Now, you got to remember, let's pause here real quick. That's permanent possession he's given to all his descendants, but he and his wife don't even have any children right now. And he was going to be the father of our, of the, our faith and of, of a great nation, so great that he couldn't be counted like the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea. And he didn't even have kids yet. But look what God says. I'm going to give you everything you can see, north, south, east, and west, in verse 16. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust on, of the earth, they cannot be counted. Now, hear me. They're out in the desert like we are. Guys, how many times have you dusted your house, whether it's men or women, and you're all happy and you're like, ah, the house looks so beautiful. And by the end of the day, you do the white glove test and you flunk again because we live in the desert. And he said, that's how many descendants you're going to have, that dust of the earth. So he says, go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. So Abram moved his camp to Hebron and settled near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. And there he built another altar to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray that we, like Abraham, we learn from him that, Lord, he always built an altar. He always acknowledged you. He always took time and started with praising you and thanking you before he did anything else. Might we do the same? Might we live a cut above everyone else, Lord? Might we be that example, I pray in Christ's name, amen. But let me tell you, if we're going to be those people that live a cut above, if we're going to be those kind of people that really set an example, if we're going to be those people that are going to live it out and people are going to say, man, I envy you, I love your life, you have a life of peace, of serenity, you have a peace that just seems so amazing, you have this love and joy, and you have this celebration, even when you're going through difficult times, man, I just see you persevering. When I see you attacked on every side, you're pressed on every side by trouble, but you're not crushed. Oh, it sounds like a scripture in the Corinthian because that's what he says about those that live a cut above, that see you're different. Though you have despair, you're not perplexed. You, you are pressing forward. You're, you're gaining territory. So if we're going to do that, the first way that you begin to be that kind of man or woman is you've got to renew your connection to the heartbeat of God every day. You've got to renew. We have to renew our connection to the heartbeat of God daily, daily. When you get out of bed in the morning and even before you get out of bed and you grab your phone, look up Scripture first. Don't look how many likes. I wonder how many likes I got overnight. Who cares? What's the joke of the day? You are. You are the joke of the day. Look up scripture right away. Say, what's the scripture of the day? And then say, okay, God. Lord, I'm, I'm doing awesome, Lord. I haven't had any bad thoughts. No bad words have come out of my mouth. No bad attitude has come out of my life right now. Lord, I'm doing phenomenal today. But now that I'm getting out of bed, help me to live it out. <laughs> right? Because, man, the challenges that face us, the challenges that are right there. Sometimes you're laying in bed and, 
you want to you it's it's a morning that you could actually sleep an extra 30 minutes or an extra hour and your kids are there <coughs> and you're like oh no they're sick or they're, mom dad I threw up, oh, no. Or something inevitably just goes wrong. And you're running late, and you go outside, and you have a flat tire. And you're like, oh, Lord Jesus, help me. See, that's why you start off your day by connecting to God, and you get the heartbeat of God, and you get connected, and you really flow. Look what it says right there in Genesis 13, verse 4. It says, This was the same place where Abram had built the altar, and there he worshiped the Lord. What? What? Again. He worshiped the Lord again. It's not just a one-time deal. It's like, I don't really have to go to church to worship God. You know what? No, you really don't have to. But let me tell you something. If I didn't go home every day and see my wife, Before long, she'd go, hey, you're still married to me, right? We're still together, aren't we? Am I connecting? You got to be connected. You got to come to church. There's some powerful thing that takes place in corporate worship. There's something about being in worship with other people that all of a sudden, man, they're worshiping. And man, you're seeing them worship, and you're like, oh, God, look at that. Look at that. God, I want that. I need that. I have that. I'm going to express it too. And man, there's something powerful about lifting your hands and releasing it to God and say, God, here's my worship, my praise, my adoration. I don't have to carry this burden anymore. I'm going to give it to you. God, thank you. And there's something that happens and something that breaks through when you're in corporate worship because you end up igniting each other's spirit, and their faith ignites your faith, and together, boom, you have this amazing chemistry and this power that comes to be. And it's amazing what happens. In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, he says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. And just stop right there. Don't even read any further. He's saying, quit imitating the world. We are not of this world. We're only passing through, right? I mean, you've seen the sticker, not of this world, or just has the the, the initials. But man, we're not of this world. That's why we're a different breed. We're a different tribe. We're a different people. Man, we we look different. We sound different. we, We act different. We have a whole lot. Our behaviors are completely different. Our Attitudes completely different. Our respect factor is completely different. Our appearance is completely different. We are a different breed. We're cut out of a different material. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. And but he goes, but he, what? Transform, but let God transform you into a new person by changing what? The way you, the way you think, because we got to get rid of our stinking thinking. We have polluted thinking. We have destructive thinking. And what's the old saying? Misery loves. And isn't that the truth, though? I mean, we're just weird. But it says if you change the way you think, 
Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Now look, I really mean this. Look, okay, we're in football season and everyone's all hyped up, okay? All of you know, or at least most of you know, I'm a cowboy fan. But you know what? Now, we, we had an amazing game on Saturday or Sunday. Sunday. We had a great, great game on Sunday, okay? Now, look, even if we lose, though, I still wake up happy. I don't let their performance determine my love and reaction to God. Are, are you with me? Now, you know what? I, I'd like for them to win. I'd like for them to actually go all the way to the Super Bowl. That would be amazing. We haven't been there since, since a lot of you were even born. That's like that long ago. But hear me, if we don't, it's not the end of the world. I'm still going to worship God and serve God and praise God and celebrate God, and I'll be there cheering along with all of the other losers' teams. Are, are you with me? Because there's only two that are going to go to the Super Bowl and only one that's going to win it. So all the other teams are going to be have lost, but it's not the end of the world. But for some it is. Oh, I'm in the depression. I can't leave. I can't go. I'm not in the mood to go to church. I can't worship God because we lost. It's like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? But am I connecting? And it's not just a cowboy to whatever, whoever your team is. It's like, oh, no. We see when you connect to God and his heartbeat, you realize you have a much greater purpose than to just cheer for a team. And it's cheering for Team Jesus. And that is the team that you want to make sure you're on. In the book of Psalms 119, verse 10 and 11, he says, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, God, I've, I, I want to stay connected to you because there's a lot of things that can happen in life that can disconnect you. Even losing your football team, you can get so caught up into that, it disconnects you. Don't let it disconnect you. Renew your connection to God every day, every day, before you even get out of bed. Say, okay, God, here we go. You know all the stuff I'm going to face, and you know the stuff that I don't even know I'm going to face, but you already know it, so give me the strength to make it through. Second thing we need to do if we're going to stay a cut above is we got to put God and others before us. So put God and others before you. You can't just be you. It can't just be all about you. Why do we do that? We've got to make sure that we not get ourselves into that mode that we're just acting like life's all about us. You're not that important. Now, God loves you, and he died for you, but haven't, haven't you met people that they really think life's all about them and all for them? And they walk into the room like, okay, everybody, look at me. Like, I am here, everybody. I have arrived, 
And everyone's looking around going, who's that? <laughs> Hear me. When you put God first and you humble yourself, you know what God does? He shares the platform with you. He lifts you up. You go, no, 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 get up here. Get up here with me. We don't deserve to be up there with him, but he calls us up there with him. He is the lifter of our head. He is the lifter of our countenance. He is the one that lifts us up. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 through 5, it says, don't be selfish and don't try to impress others. Oh, look at me, look at me, look at me. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. And he says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Jesus always put others first. Jesus always made sure they were, they were taken care of. He watched out for them. We need to be exemplifying his kind of character and putting others first and showing that we're not a bunch of selfish people, but we're learning to be selfless and to be able to put others first and to say, man, let me serve you with the love of God. Let me serve you with his spirit. Let me serve you with his love and grace. Let me serve you with his attitude and his kindness and his goodness. Let me reflect Jesus in the way that I serve you. And this is what we need to do. Because when you humble yourself, I'm telling you, when you pour yourself up, in, pour yourself out into others, man, God fills you up. Man, we just finished giving out a thousand toys at God's warehouse. Man, those of you that were there, man, you're still flying high. You're still flying high. And then those of you that came out and helped in Angel Tree, and we gave out 400 gifts to kids that their mom or dad are incarcerated. You're still flying high. You're still flying high. And we gave out 117 food baskets at Thanksgiving. And we're like, yeah, baby, that's awesome. And Friday, we gave out 12,000 pounds of food. And we're like, yes. And we keep giving and giving and giving. And as we empty out our basket and we turn back, it's filled again. God has a way of doing that. And that's why we do it. And it brings you to the third thing that we need to do if we're going to live a cut above everyone else, if we're going to exemplify Christ, is don't let your wants keep you from your needs. Sometimes we're so hung up with our wants that you don't even realize what you need. And what you need is right in front of you, but you end up going for your want instead. And God is providing God is looking out for you. Look, this is a harder Christmas for a lot of people. The economy is really tough right now. Prices have gone up. Somebody was telling me that they went to go buy a dozen tamales at Modelo, and they're $47 a dozen. I was like, wow! Now, they're good tamales, but $47? I was like, e okay, maybe I'll only take half a dozen. But are you with me? It's like prices have gone up. If you went shopping for a turkey, 
They brought the prices down at the very end, but at the beginning, a butterball 20-pound turkey was $80. It's like, my goodness gracious. I guess we're not going to have a butterball this year. <laughs> we just got a big turkey, and we buttered it up ourselves. You know, it's like, man. It, see, because we keep wanting to go after our wants instead of our needs. God said, I will supply your needs. God will supply all my needs according to his riches. In Christ Jesus, my Lord, my needs, not my wants. And you know what's amazing about God? He gives you your needs, and sometimes he even throws in the wants. He just does. He just does. It's like, God is so wonderful how he does stuff. It, it, it just falls right there in your lap, and you're like, really, is this for me? Yeah, it's for you. You're like, well, this is amazing. That's exactly what I need. We're, we're going to start a, a brand-new class the first week, of the second, on, on, on the 9th, January the 9th. So that's on a Tuesday night. That's going to be every Tuesday, and it's called Life's Healing Choices. And it's going to help you to heal from your hurts, hang-ups, and habits. Stuff that you've developed that you really need help in. And that you, have keep, you keep ignoring and it's destroying your life. And there's a special Bible that goes along with that. And I told Cindy, hey, we got to get that Bible. And someone came to church today and said, hey, I've got some stuff I need to donate. And they gave me a Bible that we needed. And I go, look, Cindy, here's the Bible you need to order. It just came in. <laughs> it's like God just spoils you, doesn't he? He gives you stuff that you don't even, it's like, wow, Lord, you are so cool. You're just so cool. And he doesn't even take, he just sits back there and he goes, I did it again. And the angels go, aren't you going to take credit? I don't need to take credit. They'll say thank you because they know in their heart, they know that they're seeking to have their needs met, and I throw in a few of their wants. See, that's our God. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 22 and 23, it says, Your eye is a lamp that provides light to your body, and when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if your light and if the light that you think you have, hear me, the light that you think you have is actually darkness, then how deep that darkness is. In other words, it's saying that if you have darkness in your, uh, in your body and you think it's light, that's how deceived you are because you think you're right with God and you're not and you're in sin, and you're messing up because you're still looking for the wants instead of the needs. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. But seek him first. Look for him first. Quit looking for everything else. Look, we're going to see it at Christmas time. When it's all said and done, and your kid opens up five or six gifts that you got him, and they're all, yeah, look at this truck. Look at this doll. Ah! And then afterwards, what are they doing? They're still looking for something else. 
Well, what, else, what are you looking for? And they're looking in the boxes, and they're looking in the tissue, and they're looking, and, and all the stuff's right around them. They don't see it anymore. But we're no different, are we? We fail to see the blessing because sometimes our greed gets a hold of us, and we keep wanting more when God has already satisfied our need. So God help us. Let me be that cut above that I'm satisfied with the things that you give me, that we're not greedy and selfish. Man, we learn to give. We learn to help. And we learn to pour out. And we learn to minister. And we learn to be able to bless. So share that blessing. Share that blessing. And bring in the fourth thing is, we're really going to be that cut above? Remember that God always blesses obedience. Obedience. God's not wanting to be impressed. He doesn't want us to impress people. He wants us to impact people. If you impress them, they leave all, oh, wasn't that nice? And you're like, what? What was? Like, the way that guy spoke. Oh, yeah, 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 but forget about that. See, it, it, but when it's impactful, you leave and you go, wow, 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 wow. God said some things tonight that I needed to hear. I came in so broken. I came in so empty. I came in battling. I came in hurting. I came in wondering, God, have you even heard my pain? And wow. God spoke to me tonight. That's what we hope happens. But we got to remember that God blesses those that are obedient. So you got to put your obedience before your wants. You got to put your obedience. He, he seeks obedience over sacrifice. So it's not like, look what I've done, look what I've done, look what I've done. He wants us to be obedient. He goes, are you being obedient? Are you walking in the light? Are you walking the way I want you to walk? So straighten up. Because you and I know that sometimes we're half-stepping it. You and I know sometimes we're just not quite there. <coughs> we're just playing that little part where we know we're not delivering 100%, but we're like, well, God, 90% is good, isn't it? But he goes, it's better than your 80%, but it's not good as your 100%. You see where I'm coming from? We, we just hold back. And we've heard Proverbs before, and some of you maybe never have. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, but he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Now, just stop there. He's saying, trust him with your whole heart. Trust him. Wholeheartedly trust him. And he goes, and don't depend on your own understanding. And he goes, seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, he's saying, trust him with all your heart. Now, I'll never forget, years ago, I took a whole, you know, I, I used to do the youth camp, and, and we had, man, 200 kids there, and, and we had this platform that was on a tree, and it was a small little platform, and we had to stand there facing the tree. And behind you were youth. And the youth 
were holding each other's arms crisscrossed like this. And so this guy held that guy's hand, this hand, and, and they crisscrossed their arms like that because it builds strength. And I was the very first one. And I had to just trust them that I was going to just throw myself back, just fall straight back, and they were going to catch me. And I'm going, oh, I hope they youth like me. And Lord, I hope they catch me. And I wasn't as heavy as I am, but I was like, God, please let them catch me. Because this platform was eight feet off the ground. And I was like, Lord Jesus, help me, God, help me. I'm like, here I go. I go, you kids ready? They go, we're ready, pastor. And I'm like, man, either this is going to be catch the pastor or plaster the pastor. (laughs) And I go back, and I was like, Lord, Lord Jesus, Lord, I'm putting my whole trust in these kids. And they caught me. And they caught me, and they're going, yeah, we caught him. And I'm going, yeah, you caught me. And I go, I trusted you. And they go, he trusted us. And I go, I trusted you. Man, have you ever been there with God? Or it's just you and God? And you go, here, here I go, God. Here I go. God, I'm a mess, God, I'm a mess. Catch me, God, catch me. Haven't you ever been there? And you're like, eh, oh, Lord, God, please, Lord. Lord, I, I have never trusted you like this before. Eh, Lord. God, here I go, Lord, here I go. God, God, are you sure you're going to catch me? Lord, and, and it's hard because I at least could see the kids. We can't see God sometimes. See, we can see God through people, but sometimes we don't even see him there. And we're looking and looking and saying, God, Are you sure you got me? Are you sure you got my back? Are you sure you have me covered? And he's going, I got you, mijo. got you, baby. I got you, sweetie. I got you, sister. I got you, brother. I got you covered. And in the name of Jesus, he's going to catch us. Look in Proverbs 22, verse 1. He says, choose a good reputation over great riches. You can have all this money, but like, yeah, you know how he got his money? Yeah, that guy's the biggest crook. Ah, she's a crook, man. You can't trust her. And they have all this money. Yeah, right. That's crooked money. And he goes, choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. Man, trust God. Trust him and say, God, I'm going to trust you. I need you right now. I'm desperate for you. God, I'm seeking you. I'm crying out to you. God, I want to be that cut above. I want to be able to be that man, that woman, that Lord God, that, that has a good reputation of obeying you because you bless those who have obedience. You bless obedience, Lord God. I, I really want to be blessed because I'm doing what you've asked me to do. Lord God, I want, Lord God, my needs met, and I want to seek my needs to be met, not my woman. 
I want to do it right, Lord. I want to do it right. And Lord, I want to put you first. And some of you have been struggling with that. You're still the important one. You want to be recognized over anything else. You want to make sure people see you. You want to make sure that they know you have arrived. And God's saying, if you lift me up, I will draw all men unto me. It's not about you, it's all about me. So it's time that we lift up the name of the Lord. It's time that we cry out to him. It's time that we say, Lord, I am surrendering my arrogance. I'm surrendering my pride. I'm surrendering my selfishness. I'm surrendering, Lord God, living just for me, and I'm going to live a, a cut above. Abram said, Lot, you know what? Choose whatever you want. Choose to the left, I'll take the right. You choose to the right, I'll take to the left. Whichever one you want. And it said Lot looked really hard and careful. But obviously he didn't look hard enough and careful enough because he went towards Sodom and it said there was wicked, wicked, wicked people there. But he oversaw the wickedness because he saw all the wants he wanted, not the needs he needed. And some of us are still looking at the wants and we're looking at things in the wrong way, and God's offering us a whole future, and we're still making the wrong decisions. And God is saying, call unto me, and I will answer you thee, and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. But you have to cry out to him, and you've got to put God first before you put yourself first. And you've got to renew your connection with his heartbeat, so that you know exactly what he wants for you and your family. And you're making that decision, amen? And you're not going to be selfish anymore about it. So I really pray that today you will make that decision to rise up above. And I don't know what you've been challenged with in your life. I don't know if you're greedy. I don't know if you're arrogant. I don't know if you're prideful. I don't know if you're just living for you. Your, your wife and kids are second. Your husband and children are second. Your first and your mom and dad are second or even way down the list. But today God is saying, would you put me first? Would you surrender to me? If you're one of our prayer partners, would you come up right now and stand up here so people can know who to come and pray with? And they know who to cry out to and they know who to be able to partner with and they know how to be able to stand with you and they know to be able to say thank you. And if you need prayer, I encourage you right now to come up to pray. And they want to anoint you and they want to pray with you. And if you don't want to be anointed, say, don't put oil on me, but pray for me. But we want to pray for you because I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're up against. I don't know what you're challenged with, but God does. And if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, come up here and say, I want to accept Jesus Christ. I've never accepted him. And if you want to do that, surrender your life to him right now. Come and tell them, I want to accept Christ. I don't want to keep living the way I'm living. I want to live a cut above. I want to live in a manner that glorifies God. I want to live in a manner that honors the Lord in the way that I live. So make your way up. Stand to your feet as we close out in prayer. And seek the Lord. And say, God, guide me and help me. Strengthen me 
and empower me right now. Because God, I'm standing right in your presence. You're at the altar of God. Don't walk away from him. Ask him to fill you with the need that is before you. Make your way up so we can pray with you. Just tell God that, Lord, this is my need. I've been living selfishly. God, I've been living just for me. I've been living, Father God, in a way that I'm forgetting about everyone else around me. Tonight, I want to surrender it. And I want to make it right, Lord. I want to do it right. I don't want to keep living the way I've been living. I want to do it the right way. So ask God right now to minister to you, to deal with you, to show you what you need to surrender. Because he's ministering to you right now. hope. There's hope. There's a way out of this situation if you trust him. There's a way out of this situation if you surrender. Won't you just release it now? Quit carrying it. Quit doing it your way. Do it God's way. Surrender completely to him because he wants to redo your walk in your spirit. He wants to impact you with his love and grace. His love and mercy. So I don't know what you're dealing with, but release it right now, right where you are. Say, God, I, I, I don't want this same old, same old anymore. This is a new time, a time for me to step up and to step out and to make things right. So let's lift our voice and praise right before we're dismissed and sing it out and say... Praise you, Lord. Oh, yes, we do, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we're surrendering every issue that we have to you. We're giving it to you, Lord, and we're asking, Lord God, that you release your peace, power, and presence over our life. God, we want to reconnect with you right now. Whether we're in this sanctuary or watching online, we want to reconnect with you, Lord, because we've drifted from you and we put other things first. And God, we have been living selfishly. So God, we're going to start putting you first and others first before us. And Lord God, we're going to live seeking you to meet our every need, not our wants. And Lord, we're thanking you 
And we're asking, Lord, that you continue to bless our obedience. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed, church. We love you. I hope to see you this Friday night, 6 o'clock. Be blessed on the way out and invite someone to come.